you can call this a God thing or a coincidence. I don't really care what you call it. I had no idea what Brian was going to preach on. And when he asked me Thursday to speak this evening, uh, he had no idea what I was going to preach on. But <laughs> again, call it a coincidence. Do whatever you want. But turn in your Bible to John 1 and 1 through 14. I can't figure it out. I don't question it. I just think it's wonderful. So stand with me, please, out of respect for the gospel. I'm going to be reading out of the New King James. You follow along in whatever translation you have. John, the first chapter, the first 14 verses. God is wonderful. I just, I was amazed when I looked at the bulletin this morning. Just could not believe it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. This man came for witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him, that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, you work many wonders in many mysterious ways. Brian can save his message for next year. You just do wonderful things. I am so grateful to live in a country and belong to a church that preaches your name without reservation and without fear. God, continue to guide and direct us. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stan told me to be careful and not fall. Margaret is taking bets what day in the future I'm going to fall down the steps. But I'm going to try to be good. What does Christmas mean to you? It means a lot of things to a lot of people. It really does. The question is, 
today in your mind and in your heart. What does Christmas mean to you? For a lot of people, it's a day off work. Thank you. Walmart's is closed. For a lot of people, it means nothing. As we continue to pray for the missionaries, do we fully understand in this world in which we live that there are many people in many countries sharing their life literally to share light and get away and do away with the darkness. They're risking their lives for the gospel. But what does it mean to you? A nice time to share presents? I don't know. Today in children's church, I had children's church, so it was a nice opportunity. I, at, I gave the children a challenge. Christmas is to me, and then they were to fill in the blank. They could do it with words or pictures or any way they wanted. But I wanted them to begin to think, what does Christmas really mean? What's the purpose? And you can imagine, and I don't want to embarrass anybody, so I won't call any names, but for a lot of them, and remember, these are first through fifth graders, uh, you can imagine that many of them had presents, right? But you would be amazed at the children that you all are ministering to or related to that had the birth of Jesus important times with family and friends. Folks, you're getting through to some of these children. They are beginning to understand why we have Christmas. And I don't know about you, but I felt good coming out of Children's Church, knowing that in this church at least, some of those kids are getting it. As a matter of fact, it's amazing to me, and I was sharing some of the examples with Margaret, some of the kids that you would just think are running around and not paying any attention could tell me about how Herod was going to kill all the little children. They're getting it, folks. The question is, are we getting it? What does Christmas mean to you? I want to read again the first five verses. I know these are verses that you've heard over and over and over again, but get them again for maybe the first time, the first time in a while at least. Stan did a great job of illustrating it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. <clears throat> it's easy to look out at the world in which we live and realize how much darkness there is. Jesus was the light. He came for a purpose. Do you realize that from the very, very beginning... God had a purpose. My question to you is, do you have purpose? What is your part of Christmas? Do you have a reason for getting up in the morning? One of the things that will give you purpose is doing something for someone else. 
I have read studies and heard studies that say if you're depressed and discouraged about how things are, there's something in your metabolism that kicks in that makes you feel good when you do something for someone else. Heck, the Bible's been telling us that for years. The best way to feel good about yourself is to do something for someone else. God had a purpose. From the very beginning, God knew that Jesus was going to have to come to earth and save us from our sins. Interesting enough that God had a plan from the very beginning. There was no doubt. See, God sent light into a dark world and he realized that the world would not understand the light. Do you understand that, that love is the most powerful emotion, the most powerful tool there is in the world? But it's so powerful because it's so contrary to what the world believes and acts on. I've done something interesting at Walmart. Most of you know I work at Walmart, so I do the self-check. And at self-check, oftentimes people, you know, after they've done their thing, and they'll leave their change in the little container there, you know. Sometimes it's just a few pennies. Sometimes it's whatever else it is. I, it was common practice to take those coins and put it in the register later. In this holiday season, I've not been doing that. I've just been leaving it there. You know, kind of a pay things forward. But humans are very interesting. I've seen some people that just take it with their own change and they don't notice it. I've also seen people that will notice it. They'll check out a different register and they go in and kind of... Oh, am I stealing? What am I doing? See... We in this world don't believe that we deserve sometimes the nice things people do for us. Have you ever done something for someone and they've said, well, what can I do for you? See, that's how we act. That's what we believe. That if I do something for you, you've got to do something for me. But that's so contrary to God's way. We're to give unconditionally. God gave his son without reservation. Unconditional love. John, uh, in verses 6 through 9, we're going to talk about, for just a few minutes, someone who gave themselves unconditionally for the word of God. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. John came and gave his life so that people would believe that Jesus was the Messiah. That's what he was sent for. What are you here for? 
Do I have a right to ask you that question? I think so. Why are you here? Do you have a purpose in life? John had a purpose, and it was a distinct purpose. He came to tell others, hey, the Messiah is coming. You need to believe. Isn't that our job today? The Messiah has come. You need to believe. I'm not saying it's easy. <laughs> what happened to John? Yeah, exactly. Nobody ever said it would be easy. Nobody ever said they'd just pat you on the back and tell you how fantastic you are, how great you're doing. When they do, it's okay. I'm not saying you shouldn't. And I'm not saying it doesn't feel good, but I'm saying that shouldn't be why we do the things God asks us to do. You gotta love John and love his example, right? I mean, he had disciples, he had people following him, but when he saw Jesus, what did he tell his disciples? There's the Messiah, go follow him. Isn't that a great illustration of what we're supposed to be about? Not drawing credit to ourselves, but saying, there's God. That's who you need. That's who you need to believe. There's the Messiah. Believe. God has a plan. I believe he has a plan for each one of our lives. I've got to admit, in my life at least, I haven't always gone down that road God wanted me to go on. I veered to the right and veered to the left and Sometimes got way off in the ditch. But the good news is Jesus never gave up on me. And the real good news is neither has Margaret given up on me. I've been blessed with a spouse who's gone through a lot of stuff with me. But God never deserted me. Verses 10 through 13. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But, uh, <laughs> but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, uh, man, but of God. Jesus came into the world. He came into his own people, the Jewish nation, who God had called out to be a special nation. And they didn't receive him. So you think that every time you witness to somebody, they're going to receive? No. If they rejected Jesus, they're probably going to reject you at some point in time. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. But it does mean that we need to persevere. Jesus didn't give up. He was willing to die. Are you willing to give up a little bit of your time and energy? 
I've got to admit, and I was telling the Sunday school class this, and I feel sorry for Wanda and Tom and Mary because they hear a lot of this stuff twice. <laughs> uh, uh, Margaret and I are, are, are really big on GROW, and we believe GROW, and, and uh, we attend the, the old group, and I wish Bob was here. Uh, but for many, many years, uh, I used to pray. And there's nothing wrong with prayer. Don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with prayer. Uh, but then uh, somebody who I know very well challenged me and said, well, you know, prayer is good, but uh, have you ever considered going out on visitation? And I thought to myself, go on visitation. That's where I could get the door slammed in my face. I could be called name. Nah, I don't think I'm interested. But by golly, I was challenged and began to go. And Stan and I <laughs> uh, went on visitation recently. And we saw Jim Shikles and prayed with Jim the night before he passed away. I, that's, I don't know about you, but that, that'll never leave me. I mean, golly. And he was... <laughs> Jim was, is such a sweet person. Uh, I think he knew who we were because he wanted, they had, a, had Jim with a mask on because he wasn't breathing well. He wanted to take the mask off and talk to us, but they wouldn't let him, of course. You know, those, yeah, sorry about that. That's why I wear a tie. I have a place to put the microphone. Uh, but those are the things that just mean so much, you know? Those experiences are experiences that you can't get back. So if you're not involved in something like that, I encourage you to do it. You know, whatever God is asking you to do, do it. You'll not be sorry. Verse 14 kind of ties it all together. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is what it means for Christmas. The word became flesh. He left heaven, took on human form, and he dwelt among us. He lived on this earth. You understand that? For approximately 33 years, the God who created everything came and lived on earth as a human being like you and I. And I believe he had the same emotions that we have, felt the same pain that we feel, He came and lived among his creation. And we, John talking from firsthand experience, says, we beheld his glory. Do you behold his glory? I hope so. I hope at not only this time of the year, but throughout the year, that you get a handle on the glory of God. 
what he gave up to come to earth and dwell among us, be part of us, to care enough for you and I to live and to die a terrible, painful death. And yet, sometimes I struggle with giving up a few hours of my life to come to church or to go on visitation or to make a phone call or to write a letter or visit a friend. Jesus gave everything and all he asked us to do is give a little bit. Are you willing to give just a little bit? I wonder. In conclusion, I have a confession to make. I don't know about you, but Margaret and I, at this time of the year, watch a lot of holiday movies. We watch the Hallmark Channel a lot, and there's a lot on those, but there's others that we watch faithfully. You know, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, White Christmas, Colored Version, Holiday Inn, we like that one a lot. But my favorite one we haven't watched yet, but we will. My favorite of all Christmas movies is the Charlie Brown Christmas. And I'll tell you why. Because there's a part in that movie or DVD or whatever TV show, I know that's how it started, that I just love. And I want to conclude by just reading that. Now, if you want to de-church me for reading Charlie Brown, okay, I'll go. But you realize Charles Schultz was a Christian. Charlie Brown is speaking, and he says, I guess you're right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And Linus says, sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there was, in the same country, shepherds, abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you great tidings of great joy to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign to you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And you know, it's as simple as that.
That's what Christmas is all about. Bow with me for a word of prayer, please. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you cared enough. We do appreciate it so very much. Continue to guide and direct. Be with the missionaries around the world who are separated from family and friends at this time of the year. I know their hearts just ache wishing they could be with churches that they've left, family that they've left. But they still have you and that makes it okay. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.